Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Roadmap, the podcast on best practices and trending topics in auto finance. This podcast is brought to you by the Center for Auto Finance Excellence. Um, It's our first of our monthly series of podcasts. We're really excited to present this to you um, with the support of Fiserv and Datascan. So thank you to them both. I'm Natalie Madela, your host, and I'm also the deputy editor of Auto Finance News. So I'm really excited to join everyone today. Um, episodes of the roadmap is, are going to be posted on our website, which is autofinanceexcellence.org. So be sure to check out that site and, and join us on there. Uh, we'd also love to hear from you if you have feedback, topics, or advice about the podcast or the website. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Natalie Matala, spelled my last name, spelled M-A-T-T-I-L-A. Or you can just email me at nmattila at royalmedia.com. So this podcast is going to touch on just some of what we do at the Center for Auto Finance Excellence. We share our content through events like this and also through a lot of web content on our site. Um, The information we're going to cover today is also going to provide you a little taste of what you can experience at our upcoming event, the Auto Finance Summit. If you haven't already registered, please do so. You don't want to miss out on this event. It's going to be October 25th through the 27th in Las Vegas. And if you want more information on that, or if you'd like to go ahead and register, you can find it at autofinancesummit.com. And you can also email me as well if you want more details on that. Our goal here at the Roadmap is um, to welcome enlightened and thought-provoking guests from across the industry to talk out some key issues with us, um, as well as some opportunities and trending topics in the space. And we have a really great guest this episode for just such a talk. Um, I'd like to welcome Chuck Jones. He is the head of National Indirect Lending and Dealer Financial Services at SunTrust Banks. Um, At SunTrust, Chuck is also responsible for the strategic direction, execution outcomes for the business unit. Prior to SunTrust, when he joined in 2014, Chuck held numerous roles across the auto finance industry. Most recently, he served as the strategic automotive automotive consultants as the president, where he helped businesses increase their auto finance profitability and efficiency. Chuck also spent more than 11 years with Wells Fargo. And he was also the group manager and buying center manager for City Financial, where he was responsible for more than $45 million per month in auto loan originations. Chuck also has a Bachelor of Business Administration from Sam Houston State University. So please join me in welcoming Chuck. Chuck, thank you so much for joining us today. We're excited to have you. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, it's so great to talk to a fellow Texan. And I noticed you're from Sam Houston, which um, my alma mater is actually Stephen F. Austin State University. So I think we're rival schools. Well, that'll be fun. We have our Bell Piney Woods coming up. So hopefully we'll beat you again. So, <laughs> All right. Well, to kick off this episode, I, I want to dive into some credit performance um, trends. As you're aware, S&P Dow Jones and Experian released their data last month um, and determined auto loan defaults in June decreased three basis points from the previous month, um, settling at 0.8%. And in May, it actually tied to the lowest mark analysts have seen during the past 10 years. So I wanted to get your thoughts on this. What do you think are the key drivers behind this? I think the key drivers are really, you're getting a much more disciplined underwriting. You're seeing a lot of continued improvement in analytics and data. 
and you're really focusing on your markets and, and what you do best instead of trying to to serve every state or every market and really focus on where you have the opportunity to be most successful. And I also think that you're seeing less irrational behavior in the marketplace. Keeping that report in mind, there's been other reports um, and data from TransUnion and other companies, as well as through, I think, all the recent earnings reports that delinquencies are rising across the board. So if delinquencies are rising, but defaults are falling, what does this mean? Does this mean lenders are, are doing better at collecting later stage delinquencies or what what else is behind this and what are your thoughts? Well, I think it, you know, at SunTrust and other organizations, you always look for areas of opportunity to improve the quality and the consistency of your underwriting. And really, this is an area that we continue to improve on as well as other areas. It, it, some areas just don't give you an adequate uh, risk return versus the delinquency. And also, you look at the staffing levels and your ability to really contact your customer and help them through any temporary financial hardship that they have. So going off that, um, with delinquencies rising, what's SunTrust doing? You know, is, is SunTrust looking to make any changes to its underwriting, or, or how are you guys responding to these trends? Well, we always evaluate uh, what's really working and, and really think of it as a test and learn environment. So when you when you put in programs, you look at how they perform and where you get the adequate return and how you can fine-tune those areas to give you the expected performance and really use consumer analytics to, to help you uh, understand what's working and what's not, as well as on the servicing side, making sure that you have adequate coverage, that you have the ability to have those conversations with your customers and help them uh, through any temporary situation. Can you give an example of some of those consumer analytics that you use? Sure. We have a, a very robust uh, consumer analytics and enterprise, enterprise risk uh, department, and so we really look at the performance data. Uh, we actually monthly have asset quality meetings to go through what our performance is, what our mix is, and how are they performing, and we really look at the individual segments uh, across our underwriting. Uh, we have six different tiers that we underwrite in. So we look at performance in each one of them uh, by market, by state, and to see if there's anything that's an anomaly and not performing like we expect. And then you really go through and do a deep dive to understand what's causing that uh, abnormal behavior in any particular market, uh, because all markets don't perform the same. So it's really understanding your market and making sure that you're making the right decisions and the right investment uh, in the market. You touched a little bit on it, but what, what other advice do you have for lenders in the space um, given these rising delinquencies and as competition is heightening? Is, you know, is there any certain internal practices, such as the examples you just provided, that, that lenders should keep top of mind as the industry heads into this down cycle? What I would recommend is really uh, understand where you have the ability to be most successful. Uh, make sure you have the tools and the analytics to support your decisions. And then also, really, volume, everybody gets focused on your, your volume, whether you're growing, you're not growing, but really the irrational behavior when you're just chasing volume and it's not good quality uh, originations, uh, you always pay a price for going outside your comfort zone and what your strengths are. So I'd really focus on the strengths that you have as a lender and in the markets that you're going to be successful and make sure that you understand what works for you instead of trying to be a poor man's copy of another lender. And I, I want to switch gears for a minute and talk about depreciating used car values because that's a topic that um, 
it's clearly a hot button topic in the industry and something that you've um, spoken a lot about in the past. So last year, you predicted used car values would drop in 2018. So where is the end of the line for used car value depreciation and, and have your thoughts changed on this in any way? No, I'm, I'm still uh, very cautious about what the used car values will be. And I think I was looking at uh, mid-year of 18 is when it really starts to normalize, though I think the normal will be a higher Manham, Manham value than it was, say, in 07 and 08. Uh, and we've seen record Mannheim values the last three months, but we use a lot of other data besides the auction values from them to, to value our portfolio. And we really look at the types of collaterals that we're originating and what the performance is in the individual markets. But I still believe that mid-year of 18, you're going to start to see whatever the new normal is in used car values because it, it's been very high for a long time. And we can't continue to keep setting records. I think that's an unre unrealistic expectation. Right. Can you provide any other examples of the data you use other than Mannheim to track this? We use uh, BlackBook. We use our internal data from auctions. Uh, we compare how we do versus our peer banks, and we're typically a uh, high FICO originator. So we really look at what their values are coming through the auctions versus ours. Uh, we also track how much recon or reconditioning work that we do for each vehicle. Uh, and then we really track the individual segments. NADA has a good market summary report that comes out every month, so we look at, at that data. Uh, so really, you, you know, Kelly Blue Book goes out. So we look at all the different sources and then really use a combination of all of those to determine how the performance is instead of just one piece of data. Gotcha. How will this um, used car value trend impact used financing business in the meantime? I think everybody is is trying to figure out when it's going to normalize and uh, what it's going to do to the values. And I think the fear in the industry is that you've uh, got higher loan-to-value ratios than you want. We've already proactively, really last year, started to build in a factor in our estimated loss for uh, used car values, even though we haven't seen that, if you look at all the indexes that we follow. But we did it to be proactive because it's going to happen. And, you know, you and I talked uh, earlier about the used car values in my last interview, and uh, none of us have been right in predicting when it's going to normalize. And so it's really, can you be proactive and, and get ready for it? Because it, it, it will come. It's just a matter of, are you ready? And you can be proactive in managing it or having to be reactive when it really does drop. Can you also share what, what SunTrust ratio of um, new and used financing? No, I don't share that. We really look at the individual markets um, to see what's the best opportunity. And it's really changed over the almost three years I've been here, really depending on what the market conditions are and what the data tells us. And I don't share publicly what our new and used mix is. Gotcha. Would you expect that product mix to change at all in the coming year or two, or is that something you're looking into? It stayed relatively stable uh, in 15, uh, 16, it changed a little bit. And I think 17 is really our new normal for us. And we expect 17 and 18 to be very similar. Uh, we're actually working on what we think 19 is going to be right now as part of our uh, forecasting. But I think 17 and 18 will be very similar in our mix. Gotcha. I think back in February, um, during one of our previous conversations, 
Um, you mentioned that SunTrust is, is growing its portfolio. Given that most of the other larger national banks are pulling back currently, is SunTrust still targeting growth, or how bullish will you guys be with auto financing overall for the remainder of this year and into 2018? Well, I think we're really comfortable where we are in our current space and the markets that we serve. And really, our goal is to be very consistent and very predictable. Uh, we've been doing this for over 50 years in, in our markets, and so we want to make sure that we support the dealers and the communities that we serve. That's really a, a, our bigger purpose. Uh, so we'll make adjustments. We're not going to do anything irrational to just chase volume. We, we have a very moderate uh, credit appetite, so we want to make sure that we maintain strong credit performance, and that's really going to drive what that mix and volume is going to be. We're not going to be irrational just to chase volume. Right. Well, looking into the overall health of the market and factoring in everything we've discussed, how do you expect retail finance to trend in 2018 across the board? I'm actually much more bullish than a lot of people are. Um, I think we have a lot of learnings from the uh, downturn that we experienced really in 09, 10, and 11. And I think we all learned a lot from it. And it's, if we remember those lessons, I think we'll be very successful. And I think the, the, the industry as a whole, we've learned to operate at a much lower level of new car sales. I mean, if you think about it, we were getting into the 12 or $13 million SAR rate. Uh, but the used car market's very stable. You're talking about a market that's 38 to $40 million every year or, or units. So we have a lot of opportunity to really still be successful and, and not overreach. Uh, we like where we're at. Uh, we like the origination path that we're on the last two years, and we're going to continue that. So I'm very bullish on the market. I think the market will adapt and, and really uh, prosper even at a lower level. And and I think we, as, as an industry, could go much lower than the 17 star that everybody saw uh, and be successful. So uh, I'm very bullish on the market. Gotcha, Chuck. Well, that, I think that'll do it for this episode. So thank you so much again for joining us. Um, and I want to thank um, our audience for joining Chuck Jones and me on this episode. So please stay tuned to autofinanceexcellence.org for more great podcasts. And thanks again, Chuck. Thank you very much.